0: Hello, everyone. We have Megan Sullivan on today's episode. I am so excited to get to know a little bit more about her, Megan. I'm just gonna to toss it at you, start wherever you like.
1: Okay. Thanks, Shelly. Um, first of all, I just want to start off by saying thank you so much for having this podcast. I literally listen to it every Monday, Wednesday, Friday every time there's a new episode, and I'm all caught up too. So um, I get kind of get excited to listen to these, even though it's not like always the the best, um, the best ending to every story. But it's just nice to know, like you're not alone, and your feelings are okay. Though, Isn't that, that weird other people, <laughs> Yeah, I know. <laughs> so it's it's like, I like I just like that... love to listen about people's miscarriages. I know. It's <laughs> like it's so okay, true. But, <laughs> but it's just like it's nice to like you know. It's like when you're feeling down and you have like, other people are feeling the same as you. It's really healing. I think it, it helps to know you're not alone. So I agree. So yeah. Um, I just want to say thank you for that um, I'll just start I guess where everybody else starts and um, that's when uh, me and my husband we got married in August of 2016 we were to we've been together for about nine years total so married for three uh, dating for like six before that um, after we got married uh, we kind of wanted to wait a little bit to have kids um, we but I was diagnosed with PCOS when I was 18 years old. So um, the doctor had told me that, you know, there could be a possibility that you might have a problem getting pregnant. Um, so I, I, did, I wasn't ready for kids, but I knew that I, as you get older, it um, gets harder. So um, uh, in May of 2018, out of my birth control um, and was needing to get it to be seen again before they refill it. So I kind we kind of just took that as a sign that like maybe I'll just stop it here because we know that sometimes it takes out of your system. And if I do and have if I do have to have issues, uh, then I could. It's better to start early than later. So um, took that as a sign. But I also had just started a new job, so um, I also kind of we wanted to be careful just because. I wanted to be there for a year, like so I'm able to have that short-term disability. Um and then we also had just booked a trip to Mexico. So um uh for last February. So we um yeah, we weren't wanting to be pregnant there. But um last January, I was last January of 2019, um it, it all started where I started feeling like really exhausted and would get like full really fast and i was like nauseous but like not like uh like stomach flu is like kind of like a weird nauseous like it's not like it's it definitely different itself from a different nausea or from like a stomach flu nauseous but um and i was talking to a coworker and she about it i'm like it's just so weird and she's like well do you think you're pregnant and i was like no and then in my head, I'm like, oh, I'm two weeks late on my period. <laughs> maybe I should, because uh, before when I was diagnosed with PCOS, the reason I was diagnosed is because my periods were very irregular. So I thought maybe it was just going back to normal. So that's why it didn't really, being late on my period didn't really flag me. But um, so I went at work, went um, on my lunch break at work. I went to Walgreens and I got a pregnancy test and I was like, I'm just going to take it at work. And I'm, but then I'll, then I talked myself out of it. I'm like, I'll take it right after work. But I was like, I really don't think I'm pregnant, but I should take this test because, you know, we have this trip to Mexico and we've got to uh, get everything figured out. So I don't have to worry about that. Um, so I was going to go after work. I was going to go work out. And I was like, I I'm like, how about I go home, take this test, and then I'll drive to the gym because it's going to be negative And, um, and then I'll just go work out, and I won't have to worry about it. So, I um, came home. I took the test like right away, and I flipped it over, and then saw the two lines. Like one was very, very like the other line was very faint, but like it says on there, you know, if it if it is faint, if, if it is faint, you know, it still means you're pregnant. And I was like, no way. So I was like, I'm going to take another one. So I take another one, and. It's the same. And then I call my sister, have her go get me some more, just of course, got to make sure. And th- that one had uh, the positive sign, like the clear blue one. So, um, yes, yeah, so that one was like a, a very, uh, very dark positive line on that one. So, definitely pregnant uh, view. Um, since I wasn't expecting it, I was kind of I was very shocked and like was crying and I just like was really scared and my my husband he didn't understand he's like why are you crying this is exciting and I'm like well you don't understand my whole like we had this trip to Mexico and you know I was just so worried about that which you know obviously that's like should be the least of my worries to cancel the trip but it was uh, at the time it was very shocking to me but um so also being pre first time being pregnant I just didn't know what to do like so I just called the doctor they said come in um, we'll take a gear and test so I went in um, to see my regular doctor and she had um, she had um, said it was positive and at um, so of was being on PC having PCOS, I was on metformin, so she had told me to stop metformin, and also I am on, was on a half a dose of a blood pressure medication at that time. My blood pressure was a little high, um. So she and my blood pressure had was really low that at that visit, so she actually had advised me to stop taking both of those um, medications, and then she had told me that I should cancel my trip to Mexico because of the Zika virus. And, um, and then she just uh, had said that the doctors were going to call me to set up an ultrasound probably at like eight weeks. They don't, she said they usually go from eight to nine weeks, I think is when they usually um, did do that here. Um, but so, um, we ended up canceling our trip and, um, we actually ended up booking another trip where we went, um, on a cruise to the Bahamas because the Bahamas, apparently it doesn't have Zika. So we ended up canceling that trip and then rebooking another one um, at the same time. And so at my eight-week appointment, um, I didn't see my actual um, OB at that time. I saw the nurse practitioner because my regular OB was all booked up. Um, But yeah, we went in there. We had the first ultrasound um, the heartbeat was amazing it was 171 which at the time I'm like is that good it's like that sounds super high but it, it's good for a baby um, and she said that the baby was measuring a little bit behind but we knew it like from when my last period was and when we conceived I knew that it was off but um she just said you know she wasn't worried about that at all and my blood pressure was great so no worried about that um And at that point, I was still, like, really sick and tired. And I remember she, I had to, like, she had to hand me, like, a basket to, like, throw up in because I was so, like, after the the, um, ultrasound, I got really nauseous. So, um, yeah, so, um, like, a week, two weeks later, we went on the trip, and that's when I turned about 11 weeks. And um, I remember I was feeling, like, the day we left for the trip, I was feeling great. Like, I was, like, like, it was, like. It like was a whole new person or something but yeah it felt great so that was good that the trip went great and I was feeling good so um, I had a lot of fun on there um, and then we came, when we came back I had my 12-week appointment and that's where I actually met my OB. Um, so we had um, the whole anatomy scan there too. Um, everything looked amazing there. The baby was very active. She was having trouble um, keeping keeping her still, but yeah, we got all the measurements everything was good um my blood pressure was amazing, and I loved my oB like I felt very comfortable with her so everything was great with that um then it goes to my eight week eighteen week appointment because i um she was booked out a little bit further, so i um instead of having a sixteen week appointment I had an eighteen week appointment um I was really nervous for this appointment for some, some reason, but, um, everything ended up fine. Like they found the heartbeat. It was an amazing. Heartbeat. Um, she was very active again. Um, my blood pressure was slightly elevated, but she didn't have any concerns about it at the time. It wasn't, um, any type to, any, it wasn't time to put on, get put on any blood pressure medications or anything. So, um, we are good with that. So, um, at my 20 week appointment, I went, um, to the MFM actually to do the ultrasound because of, uh, my hypertension, my chronic hypertension that I have. Um, they just wanted, to, even though my blood pressure is good, they just wanted to check everything just to be sure. So we did that there. So that was a new different doctor. Um, so I was kind of, I was nervous for a bunch of Reasons for that's a new doctor. It's uh, um, a bunch of things. We're finding out if it's a boy or girl, like uh, if everything, and we're also finding out if everything's okay. So um, we found, we did find out at that one that it's a girl. So we're very excited about that. Um, And at that appointment, my blood pressure was high, but I kind of was like, I'm nervous. So I was like, well, and they were, they weren't, they didn't seem too worried about it but they said um why don't you start taking one baby aspirin you know cuz um the they started kind of telling me about preeclampsia but not really they kind of just handed me a pamphlet of it and said here take one baby aspirin and um, we'll come back also the baby was still measuring like 6 days behind which for me I wasn't too surprised because at the beginning it was too so um, he wasn't too worried about it, but he said that to come back in three weeks and they're going to take a measure for, uh, to check for regrowth. So, um, yeah, so it was, it kind of made me nervous knowing that, you know, there's still concern, little concerns there, but, um, and that was the first I had ever heard of this preeclampsia. And I was like, and he was kind of talking about it. He's like, usually you don't get that, till, you know, later in pregnancy, but you take this baby aspirin and it can help prevent it or make it um, delayed or not as severe. So I started to take that um, at 21 weeks, like a week later, um, we had, we went on the Easter vacation in Colorado. Um we were at a baseball game and my ankles were super swollen. And we like had done some walking before, but, but um like throughout the day, but it wasn't like an crazy extensive amount to like be that swollen. And um I was of course I was like, Well, we're in Colorado, they have higher altitudes here. Maybe I'm just like dehydrated, I'm not drinking enough water. Um And then I also was like checking on Google, of course, and was like, "Is it normal?" Because I know, like, in pregnancy to have swollen, um, anything is normal, but probably not till later on. I thought, Um, but it said on Google that anything after twenty weeks is normal, so that kind of like made me feel a little bit better. Um, And then um, just to, so the next day I like slept with my feet rise and they're still swollen and my family of course are like you know I think they look like a little bit better <laughs> and I was like okay like I don't think they did but I think that we're just trying to make me feel better <laughs> but um so the next day we flew back and they are still swollen and I was like okay I'm a, since I have had chronic hypertension I have a blood pressure monitor at home and um I checked my blood pressure and it was crazy high like it was like you know 160 over like 110 or something like it was crazy I was like really nervous and I'm like well maybe I just need to sleep like all these juices that I'm trying to give myself Um, but so I'm like I just need to get on the blood pressure medication so the next day I emailed my doctor and asked if I'm like can you put me on some blood pressure medication because you know my blood pressure is really high and I told her what it was and then after I sent it I got a call right away, and she. And then I didn't answer because I was at work, and I didn't see it, but um, my, then she sent me a message saying, you need to call me right away, so I went out and called her, and she was asking me for my symptoms, if I have from um, throwing up at all, if I have a fever, if I have right upper, um, the quadrant pain, or like where your liver is, if that hurt, um, if I'm seeing any uh, um, I have any blurred vision or anything and I didn't have any of that I just had the swollen ankles and the high blood pressure so um she's like okay well we need you to come in and um I was like okay well I'll come in around lunch and she's like, no we need you to come in now and I was like okay well um like do you want because they were at the downtown location and um the labor and delivery was at a different location so I was like do I need to come to see you guys and they're like no you need to go to labor and delivery and triage and I was like okay so I was like super scared but I was like they're just gonna put me on blood pressure medication and everything will be fine but so um my sister actually works at the same place as me so I she actually drove me to the hospital because I was super nervous but um and she was nervous too so she was at work while I was doing that she'd just be like asking me a ton of questions so it's good that she came with to help with that but um yeah so when I got to triage um they you know I, they hooked me up to the blood pressure monitor monitors and they were really high they you know after a while they did look down a little bit but Um, they put a, you know, they went and found the baby's heartbeat. So everything was good there. So I was like, okay, well, just give me the blood pressure meds. I'll go home. And then uh, they're like, "Um, we are actually going to have you stay overnight for observation just because we want to put you on these blood pressure pills, but we just want to make sure they actually um, work. And if we need to adjust, it's better to have you here. Plus they wanted me to do a 24 hour urine sample where they look, for protein in the urine. Um, that's also a sign of preeclampsia, is if you ha- have like over 300, I think it is. Um, so they just wanted to check for that. Um, so after they um, had me in observation, so I was in this like really small room, like it wasn't like a regular hospital room because it's just there for observation. Um, the next day came and <laughs> MFM actually came in to talk to me, and they were kind of telling me that you know, because like I, my the my blood pressure wasn't really stabilizing with the medications. They had to keep going up on them, and he, they, so they're telling me um they the doctor would come in and the, the MFM would come in, and they would say, you know, we just are not sure if this is like an exacerbation of your chronic hypertension, or if this is like a superimposed preeclampsia which is uh, like the early, like it's, <clears throat> it's coming on. So where I'm um, like in my head and they're like, we think, you know, it's just an exacerbation of your chronic h- hypertension, but we just want to be sure. So they're like talking about keeping me there until Thursday, which, you know, then I was like, Oh no, I cannot stay here till Thursday. Like that is a long time. But, um, <clears throat> but I, they're like, well, we'll just take it day by day. So, I was like, well, I'm gonna get better so um later that day my blood pressure spiked again um and they ended up putting me on magnesium and then they gave me uh, steroid shots in my legs um for the to help the baby's lungs if they did have to deliver at that point which you know every time they're like if we have to deliver and I'm like you guys are crazy we're not gonna have to deliver like only oh, like 22 weeks <laughs> so um <clears throat> yeah it was pretty crazy with that but um um yeah so sorry I was looking through my notes I made like little bullet points and I'm trying to figure out where I'm at now <laughs> nice. um, so so after they were talking up so then Thursday came And that is when the doctors came in or the MFM came in and they said, we think this is preeclampsia. You are, you're not going home until you deliver. Like you're staying here until delivery. And I was like, you guys are crazy. Like why would I stay here until delivery? Like just let me go home and be on bed rest, you know? And they're like, like, they're just trying to explain the, uh, what could happen. Like you could have a seizure, you could, you know, have a stroke, and I'm like, I'm not going to have a stroke or a seizure, like, like, I I didn't really understand the disease, really, like, I was, you know, Googling it and stuff, but I was like, that, you know, you think, that's not going to happen to me, so, um, you know, we kind of, but then after, they, like, they were like, you know, you have to stay here. Then I kind of was like, okay, well, I guess they know, you know, it's really hard for me to accept, like, that they, I guess they know what they're doing, but, um, is still very disappointing that I have to stay there, um, but that day they also were doing um, ultrasounds and saw that like um, the blood flow from the placenta to the baby had some pauses in it, um, which is a sign of preeclampsia. But it's not like it's it's bad, but it's not as bad as like reversing because sometimes the blood flow can reverse, go in reverse, and that is bad. But the pauses are just it's still not good but it's not the worst so that was st- still kind of made me nervous there um, and they of course they kept telling me the worst case scenarios of um and then that day actually after mfm had left my ob had come in and told me that i would be able to leave that day so i was like what like they? it's like the doctors weren't communicating like it's like um like so I'd be like I can leave and then they'd be like you're not leaving (laughs) so yeah it was just kind of a whirlwind there like up and down um but uh so then MFM had come back and like said again no you are not leaving and you are like you'll be lucky if you make it to 32 weeks Then I'm like what like I was like I that is not gonna happen you know but um Anyway, so since I would have to be there until delivery, I had to contact my work. um, And so my short term disability actually had, um, so you had to be there a whole year before it kicked in. And I was like a month short of that. So I wasn't able to qualify for short term disability. So that kind of put an extra stress on it. Um, And so at that point, you know, um, I had financial counselors coming to talk to me. I had uh, social workers coming to talk to you. They said they're going to send the NICU up to come and talk to me. So it was it, like, they, you know, say to stay calm. But there's all these people coming and talk to you. It's like everything they're telling you is like, how can you stay calm? <laughs> but um, yeah, so they when they had the NICU come in, um, I it was uh, like, because I'm still like learning about this. Whole disease that I have, and that they think I have, and um, now that they're bringing the NICU, it's like, okay. So he was just telling me the different situations or scenarios that could happen, and you know, I kind of, it was, I just didn't believe it. Like I was like, that's not going to happen. So, like, I think one, I can't, I can't even remember what the three were. I think one of them was, you know, you do CPR, um, but. I, a baby that is not viable um you know it could really really like hurt the baby um and make it worse like have the baby suffer you could do the breathing tube try the breathing tube or you could just hold your baby until he he, she dies and you know in my head you know i'm like well i'm not gonna have to do either any of that so thank you for the information but um I my husband was at work so he had came back to tell me or coming came back to visit me and I had told him like what the NICU had said and I remember he just started crying and I was like why are you crying like that's not gonna happen (laughs) like I I just it really like did not pro like I was not processing it at, at that time but yeah it was a big whirlwind there but um Another thing that the doctor had recommended just to um, opt out was to do the genetic testing, just to make sure there wasn't any abnormal chromosomes in it. Um, so I, uh, we hadn't, we hadn't done that. I kept saying, no, I don't want to do that. And then um, finally I just said, yeah, let's do that. Cause then we can, you know, he's really, he would told us like if I was you know, in Vegas and I <laughs> had to place a bet and say, does she had this or not, she, he would say that, like, he would bet on that I do not have it or that baby that just does not have that. But, um, he, yeah, it um, so we just said, okay, we'll do it, we can opt it out, and then we, we don't have to um, think, like, later on, think, well, maybe it could have been that. So we just, um, we ended up doing that test, but it wasn't going to come back for like two weeks or so. But, um, also in the meantime, um, so I had was admitted to the hospital on monday and so that saturday actually was my twin sister so we always sell our 30th birthday together so sorry to interrupt today's episode but we are
0: blessed enough to have a brand sponsoring us today that i personally highly recommend and that is Fairhaven health Many of you have probably seen my YouTube video reviewing their Baby Dance Fertility Friendly Lubricant, but let's talk a bit about them as a company in whole. As a trusted leader in reproductive health, Fairhaven Health's natural products are developed and formulated in partnership with trusted medical experts, including doctors, OBGYNs, nutritionists, and naturopaths. From top fertility supplements for both men and women, FH Pro and Aid, to Isolove Isotonic Vaginal Health Gels and fertility-friendly lubricant and Milky's nursing support products, Fairhaven supports your entire journey into parenthood and beyond. After you make a purchase, Fairhaven Health offers full access to its knowledgeable and friendly in-house customer service team who are always happy to assist. Check out their wide variety of products at fairhavenhealth.com or by using the link in the description of this episode. And don't forget, they're offering all of us 10% off using the code LAM, L-A-M, at checkout. And thank you for supporting the sponsors that support our show. Now let's get back
1: to it. You know, we're going to do a celebration, but obviously since I was in the hospital, I, um, and if I did get out, I wouldn't be able to like do anything Fun or you know we were like it wasn't going to be anything too crazy but maybe like do like yoga in the morning together or something but uh, um, but since I was in the hospital um, we weren't able to do that I was just trying to talk the doctors out of it I was like Can I just go home and you know I'll just lay in bed and um, but no they obviously wouldn't let me go home um, but they did let my dog come visit me um, and yeah, so that was, that, like, definitely made my day, um, having him come up and see me, and he could, they let him stay as long as he wanted to, they, you know, were very, that was very nice, um, but, um, two days after my birthday, um, April 29th of 2019, um, I woke up, and, um, my husband, um, so every single night I was in the hospital, I actually had my husband or my sister spend the night there. Like, I didn't ask them to. They just did. So it was, it, I am very thankful for that because, like, it, is, it was nice to have them there. But I didn't, I felt bad, like, making them just because they're sleeping on that uncomfortable couch. And, um, but they, yeah, it was really nice that they did that. Um, but so after he had left for work, um, one of my friends had texted me, um, she has like a flexible schedule, so she can um, work whenever she wants. So she texted me and asking if she wanted to, if I wanted her to come up and see me. And I was like, No, it's fine. Um, I am tired. You don't need to come up. I felt bad. Like you're gonna come up here and I'm just gonna sleep. And she was like, No, I want to come up there. i I mean, I can come up there and I'm gonna read my book. I just, you know, I don't she didn't want me to be alone for some reason that day so she came I'm like okay if, if you're okay with that so she came up um and thankfully she came because um at like 1 p.m my blood pressure had spiked again and um and they were so of course when my blood pressure spikes they um always have right after the blood pressure would spike the lab would come in and take labs you know to make see like um, I didn't know why they're taking labs, you know, but they were taking it like looking for the health syndrome um were like checking for your liver, your platelets, and your uh kidney functions um and um, so um they after they had checked those levels, um my platelets were lo- low they weren't like dangerously low at the time, but they were close to being dangerous and then my kidney and liver had were um, enzymes had gone in the wrong direction as well. So they, um, the doctor came in and talked to me and was telling me, you know, uh, what we're going to do is we're just going to retake these tests at 7 p.m. just to see where they're going because he was telling me, you know, I've seen this go really bad, and um, you know we're pro- so we're probably he said we might have to t- deliver today and uh, it was just um, I can't even explain it I guess it was just like it, also like ex- I was exhausted I didn't know what to think because I'm like what do you mean I'm gonna deliver today like and then they're kind of tell they keep telling you like you know this is the mortality rate with help you know it's with the help syndrome you know it's very hot it's high with like that more mortality. So um, they um, put me back on the magnesium for that because I see my blood, or it seems to, seemed to work for me. So they put me back on that, which did help my blood pressure go down. But um, unfortunately, when they came back at 7 p.m. to take my lab test, they um, had gotten worse. So he came b- um, back in to tell me that we are going to have to deliver today Uh, or or he thinks we need to deliver now actually is what it was. Um, My husband was there. He came there after, well, after um, actually after the three or at 1 PM, my friend had called him and told him about that. I would have to to deliver. So he got off work or that I might have to deliver. So he got off work early came. um, But um, my sister was also there. And um, so he, he was nervous that like, before like before like long before like when I was pregnant one before I had these preeclampsia signs he had always talked about how he was like gonna is worried he's gonna faint or something so my sister was like well uh, maybe I can be a backup for you like if you don't feel good then you can leave and then I'll come in so um they let her my sister and him put on scrubs he came in with me and then she was in the recovery room like in back of the case so if she needed to leave but he he was fine through the whole thing um he didn't have any uh issues there but i um remember we were laying there having the c uh the c-section and um so my c-section is the classical c-section so a lot of normal they do it horizontally whereas the c-section that i had gotten was um vertically um and they do that because it, um, they need more room to get the baby out because it's she's so she was so small, um, and then also another question people always ask me is why did they do a C-section over uh, like a, a regular vaginal one, and the chance to survive, and. Um, Uh, and they thought that she would get really stressed. uh, She could get really stressed out in the delivery process that way, so that, and then she could die in the delivery process. So since she had the chance of survival, um, that's why we did the classical Um, C-section. So we were laying, you know, doing the C-section, and all of a sudden they're like, baby's out. And I was like, oh, okay, baby's out, you know. Um, And then it was I don't even know how much longer. Like maybe five minutes later, the NICU guy came over to us and had told us that um, unfortunately the baby's heartbeat um, had not gone above sixty. I believe what he said. So um, he, the baby was not gonna make it. He had said, and because the breathing tube would not was too it was too big to go to fit her so um we couldn't use that option um so uh so he was telling us he's like I'm gonna bring her over to you and at at that time I was like freaking out I was like I can't I can't like I can't do this right now my husband was saying the same thing and he's like you guys you, you need to see her and I was I was like I can't and then he's like do you do you want me to baptize her? Because at that point, they're like, she just has minutes, you know? And I was like, you know, I feel like I still hate that I did this, but I I just like was panicking. I was like, I can't like see her die. Like, you know, that's like, you know, I just, I, but I do regret not doing that. But anyways, they he baptized her, which I feel very good about. Um, they brought me into recovery and the nurse had to brought her her back in, and she was still living. So I, me and my husband both did um, get the strength to hold her and spend some time with her. Um, and, yes, yeah, she was only supposed to live minutes. She ended up living for about three hours, so she was definitely a fighter. So I'm very thankful that she did hold on for her parents to be able to spend some time with her. Um, one thing is um, when we are also... Um, with her you know er, you know the nurses and everyone's like oh you take, gotta take pictures of her and stuff and weird uh, you know I just didn't know how to act like am I supposed to smile in these pictures like like this is not like I'm not I don't want to take pictures but I'm very like now I'm very very thankful that I have these pictures but at the time I'm like I cannot take these <laughs> pictures like like family picture and it's like this is so sad, like I can't smile in these pictures, but very, very thankful that I have that. Um, after recovery, um, we went back into our room and as they did that, um, they brought us back into my room and they played the song that they always play in the hospital after a baby's born because she was still alive too at that time. Um, but yeah, it was um that was probably like eleven thirty, and she had passed away at about 12. 12 a.m so the next day so yeah the whole um recovery after that was very tough um you know I still you know feel the whole time I feel like I'm in a dream like it took a while to realize what had happened um and you know I just got this thing where I'm like I have to stay strong so like when my friends would come and visit me I'm like okay don't cry like <laughs> like I wanted them to think I was okay which obviously they knew knew I wasn't but um but yeah my friends had came the next day and um she the nurse came in with um they had a mold of her feet and I just like lost it there like I in front like just had lost it and I it was but it was so beautiful that they did that they made a bunch of molds of her feet of her hands of her face um they have all the prints and everything very very thankful for that but yeah and then but after she had brought the feet and i just had lost it i had kind of had a panic attack and i was like i need to get out of this room because like that was you know i was still in that observation room since they had never like they did admit admit me but they didn't ever like move me to like a regular room so um um, we talked to the nurses, they were able to move me to a different room, thankfully, it was a lot bigger, it had, like, a double bed, so my husband could sleep in the bed with me, um, so that, I mean, it was was nice to get out of that room, um, but it was still really hard, um, hard to still be there, um, but, um, and then, of course, the next day, you know, people come in, um, the like they came in kind of like threw funeral funeral book pamphlets at me and um with that you know I'm like I I a funeral like what I can't do a funeral and um they had a couple options that you could either like do a funeral or there was a option to do um a they call it spring veil um where they kind of do any of the babies that have passed away um, re, or in the past spring I bl- or the past year I think it was that um, they'll all be buried together and like all the families of that would have like ceremony together which at that point I thought that was the best option because um, then I could be with other parents and that my baby could be with other babies just because that feeling of alone was very hitting hard there so yeah um, That's the option we had chose at that time. Um, At my six week appointment after that, um, my doctor had told me that they had already done the spring veil, and that um, because I asked her about it, I'm like, "When are they going to do the spring veil?" And she's like, "Well, we just did it last week." And I was like, "Well, I didn't get a letter. Like, I was really upset by that." She's like, "Well, I think she's like your baby's not going to be in it until next year." And so I was kind of upset about that because if I would have known that I probably would have done a funeral instead of having to wait a whole year to do a memorial. So, um, yeah, so that was, it's another regret that I have, but, um, uh, also, so I'm still, you know, in the hospital, my blood pressure is doing good. Um, but I'm still on the magnesium. So, um, they, uh, So the doctor came in or one of the doctor on call came in and was like, you, um, I'm like, I'm going to be able to go home in two days because my blood pressure is doing good. And she was like, you know, you're probably, you know, just so you know, when you get off the magnesium, sometimes your blood pressure spikes more. Like, so you, you know, you're not guaranteed. And I was like, what? And I was like, hated that doctor after she said that. So like, my blood pressure is so good right now. But, um, anyways, I ended up, so I ended up having to stay in the hospital for like a week after delivery just because my blood pressure would not cooperate. Um, so they didn't feel comfortable letting me go home because you can still have the sign or the side effects of preeclampsia up to like six weeks after you deliver, which you could get stroke and, uh, seizures. Of course it told me that I'm like, that's not going to happen. But, um, I understand why they just wanted me to be safe. So, um, but yeah, I just remember um well about like the I think it was maybe the day before I got to leave. Um they're like, Okay, um, we can let you, you know, we can go for walks, so you can go outside with a wheelchair, you know, anything, but we just want you to So I kept begging them like I just want to go home. Um, but I remember um walking outside or my sister had brought me out in a wheelchair outside. And um, I was just sitting there, like looking at like, it. it just was like so crazy because that was the first time I had been outside in two weeks. So I was, it was just like people are still, you know, living their lives. And it just like, it's just crazy because, like, I think one person said on your podcast um, prior where they're like, you know, it's kind of like you're standing there and the world's revolving and you're just standing there, like standing still. And it's, it's not a fun feeling. <laughs> but um, I remember looking. So we went out and sat on a bench and i remember looking over at the patient discharge and i saw a baby or i saw a car seat and i remember i just lost it there i was like that is not fair and i told i remember telling my sister that like that just like broke my heart and to make me um, she's you know felt sympathy and then she kind of said well just you know also, you got to think like maybe you got to think where they came from too. Maybe they, you know, were in your position two years ago and now they're bringing home their rainbow baby. So, you know, and that kind of definitely puts a lot, makes, like, I have to think of you know, like people probably have gone through storms before they get to their rainbow too. So, um, but yeah, that is, was very heartbreaking to see that knowing that that's not how I would go home. But, um, The next day, I got out of the hospital. Um, My blood pressure was still high, but it wasn't in that stroke range. So they're like, you know, we we think we just need to get out of here. Like, that will help. And I was like, it will. I promise. (laughs) Even though I can't control. So, um, yeah. So they let me out. um, And then I got home, and it was very hard um to come home. I didn't have a baby shower, like we were in the process of planning the baby shower. So I didn't have the baby shower um yet. So I didn't have much stuff, but I still had, you know, my ultrasound pictures around and um you know other stuff around the house. So it was just heartbreaking to come home and be like the last time I was here I was pregnant and now I'm not and I don't have my baby. So that was really, I mean, it still is really hard because I still have that stuff hanging up right now, but, um, it was especially hard just to come home for that. Uh, because it takes a while to process it all. Um, but yeah, um, so, um, the next, so they, when they, um, discharged me from the hospital they actually told me you need to come back um in two in order for me to leave I have to come back in two days and do a nurse that checks my blood pressure and I was like okay I'll do whatever whatever I can just get up, get out of here and um so I went to that appointment I was really nervous for it um, but so me and my mom went to that appointment and um my blood pressure wasn't in that stroke range where they discharged me from. It was, like, lower. It was even lower than my discharged blood pressure. But it was still high compared to the um, OB doctors. So they were, like, when they took it, they were, like, I'm, like, am I going to have to go to the hospital? And the nurse was, like, no. Why would you have to do that? And I was, like, I don't know. I'm just nervous about it. And then she's like, let me go talk to the doctor and, or to the nurse practitioner that was there to see um, what she wants me to do and i'm like okay because she, she thought oh they'll just put you on like another medication so oh and i forgot to say so when i was discharged from the hospital i was on a total of three blood pressure medications so um and then she thought they're gonna put me on another one so which was fine i would be on the medication as long as i didn't have to be in the hospital because that especially that floor like was not where it was not helpful at all but um we had went to or so she when she went to talk talk to the doctor she came back and she's like okay so the doctor or the nurse practitioner thinks that you need to go to the emergency room or she wants you to go to the emergency room now and I was like are you kidding me I'm like so but I was thinking oh maybe I won't go maybe I'm just gonna go home and I'll come back tomorrow and check it but I was like okay if I don't go and I regret it like something might happen so I was like all right, so we went. We went to the emergency room. Um, was in there for a while. Um, the dot or my, my blood pressure was high, but they were treating it um, with uh, another medication. They did were doing IVs of labetalol, which is one that I wasn't on um, currently at that time, um, and that was helping it go down. Um, but the emergency room doctor was like, "I need to call up to the OB floor." And see what they think that we should what they want you to do. And so then he goes and calls them and he comes back and I was telling him, I'm like, I cannot stay get back in the hospital. Like I it's not gonna help me. I'm like, please. So um he talked to that OB on the labor and delivery. And of course he came back and he goes, Okay, they want to admit you um to since your blood pressure is so high and you know, you're only a week postpartum and i was like no i'm like he, but he's like but because he knew how panicky i was so he's like but i do feel comfortable if i send you home on this medication, and if you come back tomorrow he want in back come back in two days to get a check again get your blood pressure check again. i was like okay i'm doing that um so he let me do that so came home um Yeah, and I actually um, had since I had the blood pressure monitor at home. I could they before I actually had left the hospital. They had calibrated it with the hospital uh, monitor, so they were, and they confirmed that they are the same. Like the readings are the same. So um, I actually didn't go back to the doctor because I saw at home that my blood pressure with this new medication, my blood pressure was very low. So I was like, I mean, it wasn't dangerously low, but it was it was low. So I was like, okay, I don't need go back if going back there just stresses me out because I think they're going to put me in the hospital again so um we so yeah I um um at that also at that point I was out of work for about six to eight weeks um due to my c-section um they didn't want me to work so I had to took six to eight weeks off which I did like six weeks at home and then I worked from home for one week and then I did like half days and then I went back full time. So it was kind of like, I eased my way back into it, but yeah. So, um, yeah, it was, um, those weeks were, I mean, it was very nice to get back to work just because it got my mind up things where, um, I tried to keep myself busy within the, the six weeks, but you know, my husband, he had to go back to work, you know, everybody else has to work. So, um, it you know I just had to, try to do as many things as I could to keep myself busy um and then you know also there you know was times where you know you just have to let it all out and um, feel the feelings but um and then also like um exercise really helps me too um with you know if I'm feeling down and I exercise it it really helps so I wasn't able to exercise either since I had the surgery so that was really hard too but I was able to go for a walk, so me and my, you know, since this was May, yeah, this was eight, she was born April 29th, so I didn't go back to work until June, so, I mean, the weather was fine, so me and my dog, you know, we go for a walk, not sit up, you know, sit outside, but um, try to do as much as I could, but I was, um, yeah, I um, was just, uh, one thing I just wanted to say was um, when, you know, people say things. You know, and, you know they don't mean them, but they, they, they. You realize who um, has gone through this before versus who hasn't, because if you have gone through this before, you wouldn't say some of that stuff. But one thing um, that I just sticks out to me is, oh, uh, sitting out on my deck one day, and my uh, neighbor, so she had known what was going on because. You know, I had, like, people were staying at our house because, like, my in-laws would come in from Sioux Falls and they would stay um, at our house while I was in the hospital. Um, so they were like, who are these people that are staying at your house? So they had found out what all the stuff that had happened. And I remember I sitting on my deck and my neighbor came out and she looked at, um, was like, um, she was like, I don't know how, how we started talking about it, but she was like, yeah, um, I was just when I found out about you, I was so worried about my granddaughter. Her granddaughter was due a month before I was. And I, I was just like, okay. Okay. Like you're like, when someone says like, Oh, I am just so worried about my granddaughter. It's like, but I went through that. Like, you know, it's just like that feeling that like it hurts. <laughs> yeah. Kind of a weird <laughs> yeah. response. Yeah. totally. Like, like, <laughs> okay, you found out I was in the hospital, so then you got really worried about your granddaughter. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) thank you. Yeah, and then she just said, oh, you know, you're young, you can try again. And that's like... Yeah, like, shut up. (laughs) You obviously have never gone through a loss before because you would not say that if you had. Mm -hmm. Because, like, I mean, it's like there was a baby there. Like, you and I told my, I remember at my six-week appointment, I told my doctor that. I was, like, um, I was, because she's, if my doc my OB is so, I love her so much. She, you know, would, if I could, I would just schedule appointments with her weekly just to talk to her, but honestly, I can't do that, but she, um, yeah, I told her about that comment. She's, like, you would not, like, if someone had a three-year-old kid, you would not say that to them. Like, you would not be, like, oh, you're too young, or you're young, you can try it. Like, you know? it's just, you yeah. know, some, that's how you can really tell it, like, and I try to not take offense to that stuff, but you, it still, like, hurts, and it's still, um, yeah, like, the comment, I'm still worried about my granddaughter, it's like, well, you couldn't, that comment could not have made me feel more alone, because it's like, okay, you know, I do not like that, but, um, so, um, yeah, right now, so, um, in June, so when I, of course, when I'm in the hospital, the whole time I was in the hospital, like before and after this, so I'm like, is this going to happen again? Like, if if I have this now, like, if I have a baby, I get another baby, is, am I going to this same thing going to happen? And he, the doctor, first the doctor was like, okay, well, we'll talk about that when we get or like after we have this baby, because I was, just, and I was like, okay. But so then um, after I had the baby, the MFM came in, and he was like, if you, um, you know. Whenever you're ready, you should come and have a pre-conception um, appointment with with me, um, and we can talk about this. So after I got out of the hospital, I was, you know, I had the six weeks off. I was going crazy, like in my head. Um, you know, at that time, in my head, all I was thinking is, I want a baby right now. And you know, um, with my classical C-section, you um, you have a higher chance of rupture, so you really have to wait like a year um, or so to um, I got different answers like my OB said between you should wait between 14 to 18 months between deliveries but um, she really recommended that I wait a whole year before I start trying which I kind of want to take everything um, listen to everything they say because I already have a higher risk of a bunch of other stuff that like that's the last thing I need so I'm gonna um that's one thing but so that's a really hard to like have to wait that long because it's like at that point it's like all I want like I think that that is going to heal it um I have learned from since then that that's not going to heal like it would probably you know help a little bit but I'll still always like it's not going to replace so I haven't said my daughter's name yet her name's Aria so um if I have another baby, it's not going to replace Arya. I'm still going to have that pain. And I'm still going to have, be missing a piece of my heart because, um, she's not here. And, um, but I, you know, I think that at that point, but back then I was like, if I have another baby, I'm going to feel better. and I'm, I'm not going to be sad anymore. That's just kind of what I thought. But, um, so I was looking up all this stuff on Google, like trying to figure out like preeclampsia and I was joining these Facebook groups and I was, um, doing a bunch of research on it and um, so I was like okay I'm just going crazy so I made an appointment with the MFM just to like ask some questions because like when I was in the hospital I didn't know what to ask like it just like kind they kind of just told me this information and I was you know I just didn't like think of what to ask because more like when they asked me this I, I would be like hey, in my delivery, today like I didn't and at that point I also I didn't know what made me deliver like having the preeclampsia isn't what made me deliver. It was the help. Like they said, they could have um, treated the preeclampsia as long as they could to get to like that 32 weeks. Um, You know, I'd have to stay in the hospital, but the help is what going into the help syndrome is what made me, uh, what made me deliver. So uh, I had went back to just, I also kind of wanted to see like what he had thought. So um, he had told me at that appointment that I have like a 75 percent chance to get preeclampsia again um I mean it may not be as severe it may not be as early as I had but um I have I do have a 75 percent chance to get it again like um, like I know there's a lot of people that get it later on in pregnancy but um and where I got it so early that's very rare it's like less than one percent I think it is so um yeah that um so um also preeclampsia is uh, more likely in your first pregnancy too so um that oh is it really yeah it's more common yeah in your first interesting and um yeah, in your first—that's what they—that's what they say too. But um, I do—I'm in these Facebook groups, and there I do see like people that get it again and stuff. But mm-hmm. I mean, most people—it looks like they get it. If they get it, they get it later, less severe. But um, they couldn't give me any um, statistics on the help syndrome. Like if I'll get that again, um, they just didn't—they don't have that information yet. But uh, or like they don't know why that happens. Um, so. Yeah, that is where we stand now. So um, we're just kind of waiting and trying to enjoy life. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's especially around the holidays. It's really hard. Just, um, you know, I I thought the holidays would be hard, but I didn't think it'd be as hard as they are. So I'm just trying to enjoy it as much as I can. But yeah, I haven't even de- mm-hmm. decorated for Christmas or anything because just haven't been in the mood but yeah but yeah do you have any questions for me oh
0: goodness that your story is just it's like a, it's a lot it, it's it's it, scary I know. you know like preeclampsia is like terrifying is. and just everything you went through is just It's so much, you know, and I'm just so proud of you for sharing it because there are other women in your situation or who have been in your situation and this is going to be so helpful and healing for them. So I just appreciate it. Uh, I do have one question for you that I ask at the end of every episode, which honestly, I feel like you've already given a lot of advice, but if you had one piece of advice for somebody in a similar situation, what would it be?
1: Um, Um... One thing that I've, I have a hard time with um, that I'm trying to work on, it. well, I, I don't have a hard time with it, but I just need to also realize that um, it's more like, so it's okay to talk about it. And I think one thing that I, um, it's hard for me is I don't want to make other people feel uncomfortable. Um, and I need to realize that, that it's okay if they feel uncomfortable. They, pro- they probably just don't know what to say. Um, it's okay to talk about it. It helps. It's so helpful to talk about it. And then also I've learned that, you know, like when I do late, like, like when people ask me lately, if I have kids, um, it's like one time, the first time I said no, and it like broke my heart to say no. So mm-hmm. now I just say I have an angel baby. And then I actually, a lot of the times that I say that people come out and they tell me they do too, you know? So It's okay to talk about, I I would just highly suggest to talk about it as much as you can. And, you know, if they feel uncomfortable, then they can leave. (laughs) Yeah. And honestly, it
0: helps end the stigma, too, to just, like, talk about it and, yeah, make people
1: feel a little uncomfortable at times. It's okay. Um, Yeah. And and we I don't feel like comfortable either, <laughs> right? I know. Also, I think, and it's like I don't. W- I didn't want this like to happen. I didn't choose this, but this is my life, and this happened, and it's horrible. And mm-hmm. I want to tell you about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Now, if um, somebody if somebody wants to reach out to you, where really? could they do so? They could um on my Instagram page. I do also have Facebook. My name is just Megan Sullivan, and um add me as a friend or you can just message me too Um, but yeah you have my Instagram page right
0: yes okay yep so I'll go ahead and I'll link that in the description of this episode I just want to thank you so much for jumping on and sharing your story we all really appreciate it
1: thank you very much for having me on
0: yes and good luck with the holidays yes thank you you too keep me posted on everything we'll talk soon I will okay thank you okay bye